Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. classic song, Whatever Happened to Sin, in case you don't know that by now, because I play this all the time, but you can find it on YouTube. everybody. This is Bible News Radio, as you guys know. I'm your sweet and lovable host. It's propaganda, but anyway. <laughs> that was a joke, just so you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> I woke up today. I was having, I, I woke up. Have you ever woke up and just cried? You're like waking up because you're just crying and you're like, um, you know, are you there? Are we live on YouTube? Uh, sure, it looks that way. Okay, Melanie wants to know. Yes, we're live on YouTube, Melanie. Yeah. Yeah, last time I woke up and I cried, I don't know. I don't remember. From three, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> well, I, I was going to share a point. <laughs> all right, well, I don't. As you know. You put it out there as a question. My I'm opening saying, monologue. I, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, anyway, first let me say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Hello, people. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. I got to go over to Bible News Radio on YouTube, see if anybody's over there that I can say hi to. Or Twitch. Do you have a Twitch in your eye? Four people are watching on YouTube. Wow. I hope you got... Well, that's super cool. A lot of you guys tuned in yesterday, which was super awesome. Really happy to hear that. Okay, so what we're going to do today, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this news, this headline. We're going to get to this and just like, if you don't want to wait 15 minutes, then you can leave and come back. And then approximately 15 minutes or so, we'll get to the first headline, but I got to open up by asking or sharing something because this year has been a heck of a year for Bareface and me. And I, and I have to tell you in February, um, 
you know, my friend Jennifer, she, she, Dr. Jennifer Fee, she actually helped me. But this year I've had, I had four people die in February. Okay. Four. And, and these were, these were good friends. And one of them was my father-in-law, you know, and you know how family is, whether you love them or hate them, it's still a big loss. Right. But anyway, um, last week on, I guess it was Sunday morning. It was actually this week. It was a couple days ago. Uh, Randall went to Sunday school and he found out that one of our friends at church, that her husband, her husband, her son, who was 50 years old, actually committed suicide. And it really hit me hard when he told me that. I was by myself here at home and I just all of a sudden felt like so sad because, you know, suicide is sucks, okay? And this man was only 50. He was my age. Um, apparently he struggled with alcoholism, was going through a divorce and... Um, you know, and my friend Linda, who's in her seventies actually found him. I found out later on that Sunday afternoon that, or Sunday evening that, um, she, he had put a pillow over his head and shot himself. Now imagine if that was your kid and your experience. Okay. I, I can't even imagine I can't imagine. I just felt it. So viscerally just felt it. You know, and he was a believer too, right? Which which for me is all the more tragic because as Christians, we have hope, right? And so when a Christian doesn't have hope or, or is trapped in addiction, you know, it's really, it's really hard. So, you know... <clears throat> So I was having a hard day yesterday, um, thinking about this. <laughs> and I woke up this morning and I just started to cry. I told Randall, I said, I don't even want to go play pickleball, but I probably will because pickleball always helps. And I did go play, by the way. I got over 7,000 steps in. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. So, but here's the thing that came out of it. I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine yesterday who watched my show and she was um, kind of touched by some of the stuff that I said. Um, I reacted to it, to be honest. I didn't hear her correctly. And um, anyway, as we processed through it this morning, the question that came to my mind is... is um, do you find it easy or hard, uh, to grieve with others? And it looks like the display is now frozen, Randall. It looks grayed out. I'm not sure why. There we go. We're back. <laughs> anyway, that, that question came to my mind. Do you, do you find it easy or hard to grieve with others? And I had a lot of people answer, you know, on my Facebook and a couple of people answered on Instagram. And it's interesting to me because the Bible talks about Ecclesiastes chapter three that there is a time under heaven to do certain things, right? There's a time to weep. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to, to dance. There's a time to kill. There's a time to gather. There's a time for love. There's a time for hate. You know, I mean, there's a time for everything under heaven. There is a time, right? And we all experience these things, right? And as the body of Christ, when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer, Right? I mean, that's what the Bible says, but the question is, do we really, do we really, right? I mean, let's be honest. Let's just, you know, that's what I'm about. As you all know, people get jealous and envious when other people are blessed with, um, possessions or money or good health or whatever. And people often have a hard time rejoicing with these type of people. Others, other people just avoid sadness and tragedy <laughs> like the plague. You know, it's like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. And our society, unfortunately, does not help. In Hebrew times, when somebody died in the, in the Hebrew culture and the Jewish culture, they had a year off to mourn and to grieve in that culture. You know, people were able to process stuff. And today people can't really do that, you know. Um, so we had that happen. I'm dealing with a lot of garbage with my father. 
um, and his dementia and assisted living. And last night I went and saw him and he, he, you know, <laughs> bless his little heart. You know, I show up around eight o'clock and, you know, my dad's in the bathroom trying to get ready for bed. And, you know, he's, he gets start. He was startled because I showed up and I scared him. I didn't mean to scare him, but poor little guy, I scared him. And he's stand, he's sitting, he's, he's standing there and he's in his depends, right? Cause you know, that's what he uses. And I noticed that he was wearing two of them. And I was like, dad, why are you wearing two, two pairs of depends? And he went on to tell me that he was wearing them because, um, he believed that it would help him not wet his bed, which, you know, which if you think about, and I am sharing this, I thought, I thought about, should I share this or not? Cause you know, this would be kind of embarrassing, I guess, to most people and to my dad, it is actually, I'm not sharing it to be an embarrassment. Actually, I'm just sharing it to be real that when you're a caregiver to somebody who is not, um, well, and my dad's not well, <clears throat> but he thinks he is, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like you either laugh or cry, right? And I was on a phone call with my Legal Shield uh, accountability group that I'm on every morning at seven o'clock. And a couple of days ago, they were asking the question about your dreams. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and I shared one of my dreams is to be able to get him the help that he deserves, right? The the it would be nice if in America you could go into assisted living and actually get the service you're paying for, right? You know, four thousand dollars a month for a little apartment to be fed and to give your given your medicine is what it cost me. It cost my father actually. Um, but it costs me my time and energy and, you know, and all that. And to know that he isn't getting that care, that weighs on me, you know, because your hands are kind of tied. It's like, well, what do you do? You either go in and you kiss up to the staff and try to get them to care, or you act like a, you know what, and then have them ticked off at you because, you know, they're mad at you because they're understaffed and ill-equipped to do the job. It's like, you're kind of in a no-win situation. And I certainly can't care for him in my house. I just can't do that. So, you know, he's better off there. But it's so sad to me that a lot of people look at life like so callously. And it irritates me. It really does. It really does. So anyway, then long story short, I go to California. The day after I leave, which was hard enough. I mean, let's be honest. You know, it was hard for me to leave my husband for a week. I'm a wimp, Okay. Bareface is the other part of me. I am nothing without bareface, you know. And you know, Lord willing, we'll have fifty more years together. But that was hard. And the next day, our kitchen floods. You know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this. <laughs> so I felt bad. I'm in California at a conference, and Randall's here, you know, trying to fix the house and and all that other stuff. So that's just another added financial stress that 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 we don't need. And of course, insurance doesn't cover everything and all that. But I was really touched because I sent out an email and some of you responded and you donated to us to help us with that. And I just want to say thanks. You know, you guys have no idea. None. Um, You just don't. So I'm just feeling kind of emotional. But the good news is that I'm here anyway. Because why not? <laughs> what the hell? You know, I may as well be. You know, here's the thing, right? The thing is, is we can either be real with people, and I think honestly, that's what people like about the show more than anything. It, it's not so much that I'm super great or whatever. I'm not, not at all. <laughs> but, but I'm real, and and you know, Janet partially partially used to say that her her mom used to say, "Life is real and life is earnest," and it's how you respond to the circumstances of 
your life. You know what I mean? Uh, I have a lot to be grateful for. Number one, I'm grateful that Bareface wasn't hurt and that our house didn't flood because he was home. If our, if he had not been home, who knows, you know, we might be living in a hotel right now, uh, because, because our house could have been destroyed. Right. So I know in the, in the short, you know, in the long term of, of things, I know that this is really no big deal. Losing a lot of people in one month, that's a big deal. Dealing with an ailing parent, watching him, you know, rationalize how he is, that's, that's hard. And anybody who's honest and has dealt with it, you know what, you know how hard that is. Dealing with additional financial stress on top of it, we all go through it. I mean, I am not immune and I know you guys aren't either. And I know a lot of you are in the similar situation as Randall and I are. We work really, really hard. Uh, and I do it. I, I love what I do. I don't really care about the money that I make because if I did, I wouldn't do this. Trust me. But it touches me to know that Randall and I mean that much to a lot of you. Um, I don't get it. I have no idea why God has called me into your life or you into mine. But I just want you to know that I really do appreciate what you guys do for us, whether it's praying for us, sending us a note, a note of encouragement. You know, Jen Lerner, who I barely know, sent me some coffee. Maxwell House, good to the last drop. That's a funny story. Jen uh, was obsessed about the 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 Jewish uh, Haggadah thing, special thing that they put in with the coffee, and she ordered way too much, 56 cans. Anyway, she offered to give us some of it. Um, so, you know, some free coffee is good. There's caffeine in this, which I usually don't drink, but because I've been so tired, <laughs> I am drinking it. But that's beside the point. Um, you know, and there's just, there's just blessings everywhere if you, if you look for them, right? And so, all that to say, and I know I've been rambling on and on and on forever, um, but all that to say, you know, I just, just say thank you, you know, let people know when they impact you and, and make a difference in your life. Because the truth is, is you never know what people are going through. And, you know, my friend Linda, my heart breaks for her because I mean, her son is no more. Her son killed himself and I can't even begin to, uh, go there. And I know some of you in, in this audience lost people to suicide. And, you know, I think we need to figure out a way that we can help people through that process because it, there is hope. There's always hope. You know, feelings should not control us and circumstances certainly can't either. But the thing is, is we got to be real about it. And so if, if I do nothing, I hope and pray that my life reflects honesty and integrity and authenticity because pretty much, you know, if I'm pissed, <laughs> you know, if I'm happy, you know, if I'm feeling emotional and I've been stressed lately, there's no doubt about that um, and all that. But you guys, you know, you matter to me, just so you know, you do. You, some of you irritate me. That's the truth. Um, but that's all right because I learned from that. Um, I'm sure I irritate some of you, which, you know, I get emails, so... <laughs> part of my charm, I suppose, uh, and all that. So anyway, anybody have any comments before we go forward? And Randall, do you want to say anything? Now that my therapy session is over, you guys have all listened. Group therapy is over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding, actually. I'm... No, let's see what comments are. Okay. I don't think there are any comments. I see people though in there. I should just say hi to everybody I see. I see Mama Gina, Wanda, June, Mia, Melanie, Sean, uh, Marlene, Natasha, Cupcake's Mouth, Ahmed, Carla, and a couple of other people that have interesting names I can't pronounce. So, you know, I don't know how else to say those, but... <clears throat> So, let's look at the news of the day, then. I guess Bareface is, you know... You sure you don't want to say anything? I just bared my soul, man. <sighs> and so you want me to bear my soul as well, or...? Do you have any comments or anything that I just said? I, I echo all of it. Okay. Ditto on all of it. Okay, good. I'm going to really... <clears throat> that, that all y'all care about what goes on with us. I mean, that's that's really humbling and touching and yeah and uh 
And of course, my heart goes out. To, yeah. Well, I will say, if you guys want to help donate to us, <laughs> I shared in my email, look, the quote we got was 2500 bucks. Our insurance is going to give us 2200 bucks. The quote wasn't to fix everything, and I, I'm estimating another 500 bucks. So I'm thinking we need at least another between five and $800 to be able to cover just the basic expense to get our kitchen finished and fixed. And we're not looking to upgrade and put tile in and, um, you know, none of that. We're just trying to get the basic coverage done. So if God lays on your heart to donate even 10 bucks to us to help with that, Anything anybody can add would be very helpful to us. And I know already some of you already are my pillars and you guys don't feel obligated to give give anymore. But um, I do just, I'm asking, you know, Bible says to ask. And so I am asking because, you know, Randall and I are doing a whole bunch of other stuff trying to earn money. Some of it's falling flat on flat, you know, like, okay, Lord, look, <laughs> you know, so that's my ask. I'm going to just leave it there. You guys can donate through our website if you'd like. Um, the other way is through, through legal shield too. If you want to become a member of that, let me know. All right. So I think my time is up as far as that goes. If you're new to the show and you've never tuned into this show before, just so you know, what I just did is highly normal happens occasionally. Um, but now we're going to jump into the news of the day. So this Illinois taxpayer, um, I, I, I received this story, um, Ann Polk with, the the Restored Hope Network, shared this. Uh, this is over on IllinoisReview.com, and um, it's titled, Illinois Taxpayers to Fund Medicaid Gender Reassignment Surgeries. Uh, this is so sad. Illinois taxpayers will not only fund through Medicaid women's abortions, they will now pay for sex reassignment sur surgeries. It's a public policy, Governor J.B., Pritzker signed into place last Friday. What many have for decades considered cosmetic. Um, elective surgery. Yeah, I lost my spot. There it is. <laughs> elective surgery. Governor Pritzker has now obligated taxpayers to pay for such surgeries because he says the procedures are cost-saving, life-saving, and just the right thing to do. Coverage for these procedures served to prevent negative health impacts such as depression and suicide, a statement from Pritzker's office said. 17 states and the District of Columbia offer these services and have not reported significant cost increases despite the new mandate. About 1,400 of Illinois' 3.4 million Medicaid members are diagnosed with gender dysphoria, Illinois News reports. Last year, about 2,500 prescriptions for hormone therapy were covered. <sighs> expanding Medicare to cover gender-affirming surgeries is cost-effective, helps avoid long-term health consequences, and most importantly is the right thing to do, Pritzker said in a statement issued Friday. With continued attacks coming from Washington, uh, this administration will always stand with our transgender community and their right to lead safe and healthy lives. The attacks from Washington, Pritzker mentioned, include the Trump administration's recent decision to ban transgenders from enlisting in the U.S. military, despite some 13,000 already serving. 13,000 transgenders are in our military? Really? Oh my gosh. The Trump administration's policies harm transgender intersex and gender nonconforming people across our society, and from those serving our country in the military to those in federal prisons. ACLU Illinois attorney Carolyn Wald said at a recent Cook County board hearing, the ACLU continues to partner with transgender, intersex, and gender nonconforming people, community-based organizations, and other advocates to put a stop to these brazen discriminatory, uh, 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 discriminatory attacks. We are heartened by the many courageous people We've had the privilege to work with in this fight. We must stand together to reject these attacks on our community. But the transgender community is near and dear to Governor Pritzker's family and could be part of the reason the governor took on this issue. Chicago Republican donor billionaire uh, Jennifer Pritzker is the governor's first cousin. That explains a lot. Once James Pritzker, now known as Jennifer, she wrote a commentary 
and the Washington Post earlier this year in reaction to the administration's position on transgenders in the military. And then I'm not going to read the rest of this because it's way too long. But I will say this, that, look, I think that if somebody is transgender and they desire cosmetic surgery because that's all it is, I think they need to pay for it themselves. I don't think the government, I don't think me, I don't think you, I don't think other people need to be funding that. I just don't think that's the case. And I know I'm not alone because the outrage I saw in the article was crazy. Um, so I think that, um, first of all, it doesn't solve anything. You know, it doesn't. It, it solves nothing. <laughs> and, and And here's the other thing, too. I actually have done quite a bit of out actually extensive research um, on the transgender issue. And one of the things that really broke my heart, and I'm going to be honest with you, it was uh, probably about 10 or 11 years ago when I was in Southern California, I was asked to speak at a Christian conference for, uh, for, for, the, for youth. And the topic I was invited to speak on was the homosexual agenda and the transgender lobby. I did extensive research for that presentation that I did. And one of the things that I noticed was when I was visiting the blogs of transgender individuals, there's a couple of themes that came up over and over and over again. Number one, bipolar disorder was one of them, anxiety and depression. Those three things were very common in the transgender community. But what really broke my heart, aside from all that, was a lot of these people would go ahead and they would journal uh, about their experience and their desire to get this cosmetic surgery, whether it was top surgery or bottom surgery. And they would post pictures of their art on their blogs. And you can go troll blogs, okay? You can go look at all these blogs. I'm very familiar with the homosexual activists, transgender blogs, and, and some very prominent, well-known transgenders. I, they know me. They, they actually subscribe to our show. Um, what they post on their pages are so sad. Like, and I remember seeing one, um, woman who, who, or it was a man actually, tra who transitioned to a female, uh, body. He, he put some of the most sad art on his page, talking about what a freak he felt like after he had, uh, done that to his body. And it was interesting because in some of the research that I read, there was a comparison between women with breast cancer who have had to have mastectomies, right? They, they, they've had to have the surgery for their breasts because of disease and how they feel afterwards, right? Versus how a transgender person who has a perfectly healthy body physically mutilating their body, disfiguring their physical body in order to get an emotional change. Here's a newsflash. You don't mutilate your body in order to get emotional change. You just don't. You don't do that. It's, it, you don't do it for anything, right? You can even, I mean, we can even take this to another level with people who are actually uh, cutters, right? You know, you, hear, you often hear people that, you know, people who cut, you know, uh, children, there's a high percentage of children, unfortunately, who cut and, and, you know, and they say that they cut in order to feel things because they can't feel. Well, that cutting does nothing for them emotionally. It just doesn't. It harms their physical body. That's what it does. It's a bad coping mechanism to deal with anxiety and depression because they don't know how to process it in an honest and a healthy way. And part of the problem with our culture in general is that we don't allow people to process in an honest and open way. That's part of the reason why I honestly process with you in an honest and open way. Because I had to learn that because of all the abuse that I went through. And it, so it's heartbreaking to me to, to see what these individuals do to themselves. We've interviewed former transgenders on this show. People who've done the surgery and who Jesus saved and wooed back to himself so that they could live in the body that God created them to be in. Look, God never makes mistakes. God doesn't make a mistake. There's no one born in the wrong body. Okay? There, there just, there, there isn't. Because if there was, then that would mean that God made a mistake. And he doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't lie. He can't lie. 
and he'll never leave us or forsake us. So that missing deficit that a lot of these individuals are struggling with is that relationship with God. And, you know, that's, that's the truth. And it's tragic. It's tragic. <sighs> Makes me sad. Okay, let's see here. So if you have all the answers, why don't doctors listen to you? Because you don't know. Actually, I have a few doctors that do listen to me, just so you know. Family dysfunction issues also. Well, that's often a big part of it right there. All right. This won't make sense because it's not based on logic. True. Okay. <clears throat> so that's that. And you know what? The Trump administration isn't perfect, but what I will say is I really appreciate the fact that he has ban transgenders in the military, even if there's only 13,000 in there currently, which is hard for me to believe, but that's crazy because there's the percentage is so low, but I, I personally don't want a person in the military who doesn't know who they are defending me, just so you know. Okay. You know what I mean? That just, and it used to be that they would be not allowed in the military in the first place. And it also used to be that men or women who wanted to come in the military and they were on antidepressants or anti-anxieties or anti-psychotropic medication in general, they wouldn't be allowed in the military because they would could be considered mentally unfit. So explain to me how if you're flat-footed, you don't qualify for the military. But if you're super depressed and you're confused about who you are as a person, you do? That doesn't make sense to me. And I don't know about you, but I actually want stable, emotionally stable people in the military to defend me and our country, not people who are unstable like Bradley Manning was uh, and who actually also, um, you know, was a traitor to America. But that's beside the point, right? Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I just, yeah, Sean says that they should make up their mind before they go in. By the way, Sean, thank you for your donation earlier. It touched me that you donated to us. And it really does mean a lot to me. So I want to thank you for that. Melanie, thank you for the donation you just sent us as well. I appreciate it. Melanie's our super fan, our number one super fan. Okay. You want to comment before we go to our next story? Yeah, just, it's sad. It really is sad. And, um, can you hear? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm. <clears throat> I can't hear me as well as you. But you want me to turn you up? There just you a little bit. Yeah, I would good. say, do you want me to turn you on? But, you know, that might be appropriate. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it's... it's For it's those not... of you who don't know, he's my husband. I can say that. Okay, don't be judging. All right. You know, I just... I just think, you know, they're experiencing this dysphoria, gender dysphoria. And, and that's an emotional state of things. And somehow the cure for that is this radical cosmetic surgery. I think of uh, Daniel Avner, the, the cat guy, you know, known as Stalking Cat. Remember he had all those surgeries oh, to yeah. make him? yeah. You know. He wanted to be a cat. Yeah. And Why? I don't know. Cats are questionable. Except I, Bible no. Cat. Bible Cat's okay, and so is our cat. But you know, cause other than of, those two cats, all other cats should be pretty much banished. Cause of death is believed I'm kidding, to... just so you know, people. I'm I mean, kidding. Cause of death is believed to be suicide. And... And, you know, it, I don't think he was ever satisfied, you know, in his quest to, you know, be, be a tigress, you know, and you know, the man was a human being and was trying all sorts of ways, expensive surgeries and the people did, uh, they've got more problems than he did in my not so humble opinion, you know, anybody willing to do the surgery and, uh, and and because of all these surgeries, he identified as a as a as a tigress, you know, a female tiger. Um, you know, he got all these surgeries done, and he was it fulfilled him, right? He no longer had this body dysphoria that he, no, he continued to struggle, be depressed, and ultimately took his own life. It appears. Yeah. Um, you know, people are dealing with and emotional issue a valid emotional issue uh genuine disorder that should be treated again i 
find out, go out there, find for me. I would like to see all, all the positive cases of someone who experienced gender dysphoria, had surgery, and it, and they no longer experienced any dysphoria, you know, any depression, you know, that that their gender identity was no longer an issue, that it was solved for them, that they didn't feel like an, they didn't have imposter syndrome. They were completely comfortable in their quote, new bodies, unquote. If, if, if it's out there, I'd like to see it. I've seen plenty on the other side that people after going to surgery that it didn't resolve anything, just inherited a new set of problems. As we read in scripture, you know, so so do the wind reap the whirlwind. Well, um, you know, here here's the the thing. So, um, X Ray Z. This isn't judgmental. This um, is compassionate. L- let so me you know. let me just say, if you're new to the show, let me just tell you, my background is as a marriage and family therapist. Okay, that MS over there, that stands for Masters of Science in Clinical Psychology. I practiced therapy for many years, um, and you wanted to know what is the former transgender. So, on our show in the past, we had a guy named Walt Heyer, and you can. Look him up, Walt, W-A-L-T-H-E-Y-E-R, Walt Heyer. Um, he was he is was born a male. He decided to um, transition and have surgery to become a female in body. So he had breasts put on, you know, fake breasts. And he had bottom surgery, meaning, you know, he cut his um, penis and, and all that. And they tried to fashion it to make it like a girl part, right? Well... He actually came on our show a couple times and talked about his experience about how that surgery never changed uh, the comorbid psychological disorders of anxiety and depression that he dealt with. And it was only through the love of Christ and God's people who ministered to him through prayer and became friends of his that he actually could finally embrace the fact that he had been sexually abused he had a, he had been forced to dress as a girl when he was a child, and he was able to actually deal with some of the contributing factors to this. And see, that is the issue. That's the bigger issue. Look, we have an epidemic of depression and anxiety in our world. True story. And nobody really knows how to address it. Because what happens, and this is the part that irritates me, and don't even get me on my soapbox, but I'm going to get on my soapbox. I'm pretty short, so I'm going to get on there right now just for one minute. The epidemic of suicide is huge, okay? We live in a dark generation, and people are hopeless because the, the church is, is acts hopeless. When Christians are killing themselves, that's not a good witness, just so you know, in my opinion. Here's the thing, though. Anxiety and depression are being treated by the psychopharmacology world, uh, the psychology world, the medical profession, with psychotropic medication, with antidepressants and, you know, anti-anxiety medication and all of that. And I'm going to tell you something. I hate the drugs that they give you because they're addictive and they create the problem. They don't solve it. These drugs are the drugs that are giving people more depression and weight gain and problems in their health. And the anxiety medication is the same thing. You're just doping yourself up. You're not actually allowed to process your feelings. And that is the problem. And that's what drives me crazy. Because if people are actually able to be in relationships with people and actually feel the feelings that they are feeling in the moment when they're dealing with stuff then they can work through those feelings. That's what community is all about. That's actually a big part of what my book, Pickleball Faith, which is going to be out one of these days, um, has to, um, it deals with the, the relationship is the cure. That's the one thing I took away from my training as a therapist. My supervisor, Paul, he said, always remember when people come into your therapy office, it's the relationship that is the cure. It's not medication. It's not the modality. It's not books people are reading. It's not a daily affirmation. It's the relationship. And, you know, the problem is that so few of us have intimate relationships with other people where we can actually be who we are on good days and bad days 
because, oh my gosh, somebody might hate us or somebody might unfriend us. I've had that happen. In fact, I've had people attack me, you know, stuff. It's kind of like, you know, whatever. If, if you can't accept me on my good days and my bad days, then get out of my life, man. I don't, I'm, I don't need to perform for you, right? But if you can love me on my bad days, then expect me to love you on your bad days, okay? Or none of us are perfect, but this is why we need God, right? This is why we need the Lord, because he accepts us regardless if we're having a good day or a bad day. You know, I'm not going to put up with abuse, though, from you or anybody else. You know, if you're having a crappy day and you decide to take it out on me because, you know, I'm not going to leave you in my relationship, you might just, you know, think twice about what you do to me because I may walk away for a while, <laughs> either that or hit you in the face, depending on if I can do that or not, you know. I mean, and that's the thing, you know. That's why I spent 13 years in therapy, in my own therapy, because of my own abuse and stuff that I went through. 13 years in my own therapy. Actually, it was 15 if I include the first therapist. So I spent 15 years in my therapy to deal with stuff that I never had the chance to deal with when I was old, when I was younger. I couldn't. And fortunately, I got an awesome husband who I've been married to almost 27 years. And let me just say something. Good marriages don't just happen, people. You work at them. <laughs> you know, people, oh, you got such a good marriage. Yeah, I worked at our marriage. Randall and I have invested thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in therapy and dealing with things so that we could have the healthy marriage that we have. Not because we were modeled at growing up. Heck no. We had the crappiest parents you, you could imagine, right? I mean, let's just say it. You know, so I give God all glory for it, but I'm, I'm so sick and tired of people thinking you could put a Band-Aid on something and have it be all better because you, you can't. Unless it's a scratch on the knee, well, then you could put some Neosporin and a little Band-Aid and it will get better. But emotional stuff, that doesn't, that doesn't, you can't recover from that overnight. And that's what drives me crazy. In fact, I shared this a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago. I actually um, went to the doctor because I was, I had to go because they won't renew my meds, right? I have a thyroid problem. They, they would not refill my medication. So I go to the doctor and because I'm upset, dealing with processing four deaths in February, and I finally got some time where I could feel I'm driving there and I start crying. And by the time I get to the doctor, you know, it was clear I was crying, you know, and he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of feeling, you know, well, here, why don't I go ahead and put this on, um, you know, put you on an antidepressant. And I looked at him, I said, no, are you freaking kidding me? You know, and he goes, well, tell me what's went on. I said, well, I've had four people die this month. He, he writes down and he, he writes down, um, acute, you're dealing with acute grief. No, no kidding. Is that what I'm dealing with? Really? You're telling me a therapist, this is what I'm dealing with, but you want to smack a drug on me and talking to me one dang minute? Give me a break. Are you guys aware? Okay. I'm just ranting now, but are you aware in other countries, there's actually been research done in other third world type countries, there's been research done that actually shows people who struggle with depression and even some who have anxiety uh, and, and, and brain disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, that if these people are put in safe communities and they're able to just process and be in relationship over there because they don't have the psychotropic medication that they're handed here, do you know that these people actually recover from what ails them? You know why? It's because they're not drugged up and they're given the opportunity to deal with their stress in an environment with other people who actually give a crap about them. <laughs> you know, that's what the church is supposed to be for. The church is supposed to be helping people and giving a, a safe place to help people who are hurting, you know, but so many people get, you know, hurt in the church that they, they say, screw the church. I don't want anything to do with the church. You know what? You can't do that. You cannot do that because you're not going to make it alone as a, as a Christian on your, by yourself. Just not going to do it. It's not going to happen, right? The relationship with God is the cure, ultimate cure, but you need people. That's why God created you to, to be in fellowship with other people, right? <sighs> anyway, so here's my advice. You can take it or leave it. 
don't do any medication unless you really have to. Okay. I mean, especially mental for mental health issues, avoid them at all costs. That's my, that's my advice. If you want to deal with your depression, get off your butt, go for a walk. That's the number one cure for depression is getting up and walking exercise because the serotonin is in your gut, not your brain. That's why it's called an SSRI. It's a serotonin uh, something reuptake inhibitor thingy. It takes serotonin and created in your gut that goes up to your brain. And, oh, but, you know, I have a chemical umbrella. Yes, because of the stupid medicine. It's not. Uh, anyway. Plus, I have a psychologist in the house. So, anyway. Bottom line is that. <laughs> I just ranted and I feel better. And you all stayed for whatever reason. Okay, anyway, we should probably continue with our news. Unless you all have some comments besides Annie who likes to talk about stuff having nothing to do without this here. Okay. Exactly. Meds are like bandits. Yeah. Strict. Okay. Yes, we know. 20. Okay. Blah, blah. All right. Good. I'm glad your mammogram was good, Annie. Okay. Bernie. Yeah, he'll take care of us. Like the plague. Okay, anyway. Meanwhile, in other news, I will say this. Pastor Garrett, thanks for sharing. Um, actually, can I share the victory story first? Sure. Okay, I want to, I want to actually, I want to actually share, um, some good news from Janet Porter, Folger, Folger Porter. Okay. How many of you remember I had Janet on our show? You can show the picture if you want. Uh, faith to action. Janet is the middle one there holding the two babies. Um, Janet Folger Porter, uh, heads up faith to action. And she's, she is a modern day heroine in my opinion. She is an amazing woman of God and faith. And she, in, 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 in 2010, God birthed in her the idea to come up with the, with the heartbeat bill, which is basically a bill that says if a doctor or nurse or whoever can actually hear the heartbeat of a baby, then they cannot kill that baby through abortion. Okay. Well, it took forever. Um, as she began this effort in 2010, um, to get the heartbeat bill passed, uh, in Ohio it finally passed. No thanks to John Kasich, the rhino butthead who I actually had on our show a while back. But thank God for Governor Mike DeWine, who has promised to sign the Ohio heartbeat bill. In fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but Ohio will become the seventh state to pass the heartbeat law to ensure that if a heartbeat's detected, the baby's protected. So I can tell you, um, I am totally rejoicing uh, with Janet because Janet has worked her butt off. I mean, she has worked her butt off for almost a decade to get this passed. And Republicans were the ones that stopped it. John Kasich is a rhino. He needs to be thrown out of office, period. But whatever. Anyway, um, so I just have to tell you that there are n numerous states with, with um, heartbeat bills pending heartbeat bills now have been passed in kentucky uh, mississippi and georgia which is awesome <clears throat> and ohio you know once it's signed praise god uh, babies will be protected states with pending heartbeat bills are florida illinois louisiana maryland minnesota missouri new york ohio tennessee where i live texas south carolina west virginia and the U.S. Congress as a whole. Um, and I'll tell you what, um, you know, I believe that if we put our faith into action, like Janet says, that we can outlaw abortion. We might not be able to overturn Roe v. Wade, but, you know, we can at the state level actually push back. Because you know what? Abortion is the number one killer of people in our country. In the world, really. I mean, when you look at it. Planned Parenthood is of the devil. I don't care if you support them or not. They are, they're of the devil and the devil, you know, he loves Planned Parenthood, but, but I had to rejoice cause I got this email from Janet and, uh, and you know, we showed the picture. She is elated. She's a woman of prayer. 
And I can tell you what, she's giving God the glory. She says, all the credit, all the glory goes to Jesus Christ, the author and giver of life. So I know a lot of you are pro-life. And it makes me, it touches me. Because you know what? Janet does not have children of her own. I do not have children of my own. Uh, Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, who's pro-life, he also does not have children of his own. And yet, you know, it's interesting how God has used barren people to promote life where, unfortunately, people who are not barren are trying to kill life. The irony doesn't, it doesn't, I don't lose it. Let's put it that way. <sighs> anyway. Hey, Jeff and uh, Luis and Melanie were over on YouTube. I don't know if you're still there, but anyway, sorry I didn't say hi to you earlier. Okay, one other thing. Uh, this this um, this news news article. Um, okay, where did it go? <laughs> I gotta find it. I think I shut it by accident. Uh, that's that one. Ah, yes. Okay, church vandalism is on the increase. Okay. Now, this is a situation that really shouldn't make us all mad. Um, you know, the Bible says to be angry and sin not. We should not sin here, but we should definitely be upset because it's not getting reported in the media how many churches are getting vandalized, including this story here coming out of South Carolina. We all heard about Notre Dame, right? Well, you think that was, that, that was just an accident, Notre Dame being burned down? Do you, huh? Do you? Yeah, I don't think so. But listen to this. Historic South Carolina church has, was vandalized with Islamic graffiti on Palm Sunday. A historic church dating from the 1800s was vandalized after Palm Sunday services, which was this past Sunday, a couple days ago, with the words, Submit to God through Islam and Muhammad is the prophet, spray painted on the building, as Fox News reports. In addition, three windows were, that were over 125 years old were broken, the police report. The Anderson Police Department is offering a reward for any information leading to the arrest of those responsible for this sick hate crime. Okay. All right. That says here, the church's mission statement says our purpose is to call people into a living and growing relationship with God and Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit and to promote the mission of Christ in compassionate ministries. We intend to be a welcoming and caring church, a church family that nurtures a sense of community and belonging. We want young and old to join us in the Christian pilgrimage as sojourners in the great adventure of faith. Um, and then if I don't know if you can scroll up and show the pictures there of the <clears throat> of the building. I don't know if it, if you if you can do that, but but yeah, it's painted there um, on the building. Submit to God through Islam. Muhammad is his prophet. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm. And and if anybody can show me where Christians go to mosques and put Jesus is your Lord and you know submit to Jesus because he's God, you know, show me. I'd love to see that. But yeah, that doesn't happen. We we get we get attacked. Christians get attacked because of the Crusades. But yeah, I have to tell you, you know what the Crusades are a response to? Do you? Are you aware historically what the Crusades are actually a response to? The the Crusades that we all get attacked about are a response to Muslims attacking Christians and killing them. So the Christians fought back, right? So guess what? We weren't, we're not allowed to, to fight back, right? According to those people who say, well, you and the Crusades, really? Okay, learn history and understand that the Crusades were a response to the Islamic Muslims attacking the Christians trying to kill them, okay? Just saying. Uh, CNN reported that Notre Dame was a natural fire. I'll look into it. Yeah, well, if CNN is reporting it, I find it hard to believe but Randall wants to say something. I can see it right now across yeah. the table from me. Well, what's interesting about this, quote, Muslim graffiti is that it's in English. <laughs> um, you know, it seems like a true true Muslim would have written it in Arabic. But in any case, it's it's not cool whether it was actually whether it was actually a Muslim or Muslims that put the graffiti on, on the old church or not, it's, yeah, it, it's sad. And, you know, the spray painted, that can be taken care of. You know, the little, little sandblasting, a little paint to cover it up. But the windows, you know, 125-year-old, uh, I don't know if they're stained glass or not, but... Um, 
Yeah, that's pretty much irreplaceable. And and why that church out of all churches in the area? I don't know, I don't but know. we have some nutballs in the in the chat room over on Periscope. Yeah, who I just muted. Normally I wouldn't, but you know what? I'm not in the mood for your baloney today. Um, this one guy's saying that Alex Jones writes my script. Really? Do you know that Alex Jones and I don't even know each other? And do you know that Alex Jones may write scripts for himself? But this show is ad-libbed, just so you know, okay? Yeah, we're a low-budget show. We don't have, a, you know, a teleprompter where I read stuff. Give me a break, dude. Or Judette, whoever you are. All right. Anyway, Ariel Ministries sponsors our show. Yeah, they do. They're they're they. We love Ariel. In fact, we got some new things coming from for for them. And um, and you guys, if you really want some good solid Bible material and theological good solid Bible teaching, not the Joel Osteen type, but this type, intensive Bible teaching from a Messianic Jewish perspective. If you go to Ariel.org, which you can see over there in the right hand corner. Um, yeah. and um and buy anything on that website you can use our coupon code which is bible news and save 20 percent. this is the only place that i know of that they get that they that they give a discount um and uh anyway you can use that coupon um code and save 20 percent. so the brand new book it's what's it called the feasts and fast or fast and feast i need i need you to throw the yeah um Airface can put up the graphic. So I can try to say it, which that title is so hard to say. Stand by. Here it comes. It's coming. There it is. Yeah. It's the feasts and fasts, which I'm not saying well, but whatever. You can see it on the screen. The feasts and fasts of Israel. The, I can't, the historic something. The the Feasts and Fasts of Israel, their historical and prophetic significance. And this is a hardback book, Randall said. Yes. Like 500 pages or something in it. 445. Okay, almost 500 pages, though. Uh, We're getting a copy sent to us because today um, our our friend Ariel messaged me. Um, But, yeah, hey, you guys want to learn about the the Feasts and Fasts of Israel? Learn a little bit more about the Hebrew roots of your faith? Then get this book over there that that way. (laughs) And uh, you can get that through the website. The other thing that we have, too, and I don't think we have the graphic yet, uh, Camp Shoshana is the camp that one of these days I would love to go to. This is in upstate New York. It's in the Adirondack Mountains up in New York State. Uh, and this is like um, the um, Camp Shoshana is a uh, eight-week summer camp program. But you don't have to go for all eight weeks. But if you can, that would be awesome. You will learn a ton if you go to this. Um, we'll have more info for you later about this, but I know my friend Denise has gone. Model Balston has been to, he actually teaches at it. Um, and anybody that goes to this camp, you guys talk about having a theological feast for your mind and your soul. Oh my gosh. You would learn so much at this thing. The, the highlights of the life of Christ from Messianic Jewish perspective, that series changed my life. It helped me become grounded in my faith. It makes made me grew, and this is just that. I mean, it's that and more uh, from some of the top Bible teachers in the world. Um, and Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, he's in his seventies now. This man knows God's word probably better than anybody I know, honestly. And uh, you know, heck, if you have an opportunity, if you have the money and you can go to this, I would highly encourage it. Uh, so we'll have more info later, but just know that that's there. Um, and that's coming up pretty soon. I think in, I'm not sure when it is, May or June or July. I'm not sure when it is. It's, but. um, here we go. This is from their Instagram feed. Oh, you can follow the, them on Instagram at Camp Shoshana. Oh, cool. July 7th through the September 2nd. Special Labor Day weekend classes. That would be Well, there's so July cool. 7th through August 30. Yeah. But and then, then there's it, August then... 30 through September 2nd. Yeah. Right. But you, if you were super rich, you can go to all of it. So maybe one of these days we'll be able to get some audience members to go. We can all go together. We just have to have enough money to take care of pet care <laughs> and travel expenses and everything else. But anyway, whatever. It's okay. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he can pay for it, right? So, okay. Um, 
Legal Shield also. I forgot to tell you. Legal Shield, uh, you guys, if you are not members yet of Legal Shield, um, it's my part-time other job. <laughs> Just saying, don't let, don't think that this can't help you because it can. Um, at the very least, you need to get a will done. If you don't have a will done, uh, you need to get your will done. Um, and I tell you what, I feel totally good now that my will is done because I know that if something happens to me, my wishes are in order, right? So anyway, you can go to bit.ly forward slash LOJ, all caps 2019. You can learn more. You can watch videos over there or just contact me directly and I can tell you more. And at the very least, you should get yourself covered with identity theft protection. ID Shield is the best on the market. We have a mobile app. We monitor six major areas of you know, identity theft um, issues, you know, tons of stuff. I've already talked a lot about it on the show, but if you need more info, just get in touch with me and get signed up. My goal actually is, uh, here's the truth. I am, I am a man manager with Legal Shield right now. My goal is to become senior manager by the end of next month. Uh, in order for me to do that, I have to sell, I think, four more memberships. So, and in order for me to get my bonus, my second bonus <laughs> this month, which is only 125 bucks, by the way, it's not much, but that money actually helps me and Randall quite a bit. Um, I think I need two more people to sign up this month. So if you've been thinking about it and you want to do it, then get in touch with me and um, your membership will not only benefit you greatly, but it actually helps Bible News Radio. Um, you know, you keep it and keep, you know, yourself protected and change your mind about how legal services work and, and being protected. Um, and I honestly think, just saying, I honestly believe as Christians, this is a gift to us uh, because so many people are taking advantage of I have one, one new friend I just signed up, uh, my friend uh, who lives in Maryland, lives in an apartment, was having major issues with her rental apartment. So much so that she had a snake come in her house in an apartment in a city, okay? And finally she signed up after six months of putting it off. She finally signed up when that snake showed up. A literal, actual snake showed up in her house. Um, so that the lawyer could help persuade the manager of that, hotel, that, uh, that apartment to actually do their stinking job. You know, and all that. I mean, it's horrible, the stuff that people deal with. Um, anyway. Anyway, I don't need to rant on about it, but if you... If you want to get protected, then Legal Shield is awesome. And member perks rock. I mean, I'm just saying, your member perks will pay for the membership. $24.95 a month is not a lot of money at all. And the value of that, I mean, it will, I think we, Randall and I have saved probably close to $1,000 now in less than a year. True story. And that's not buying stuff we don't need. That's actual stuff we need. You know, I saved, like I said, 86 bucks on my rental car when I went to California I don't know about you, but 86 bucks is a ton of money to me. And I saved that when I, when I spent that week in California. Uh, it was a business trip, right? You know, I mean, I had to, I should have been racking up more expenses, but my problem is, is I don't have the money to do that. So I'm always trying to save money. And that's what I do with Legal Shield. So anyway, so if you can go ahead and sign up today or let me know, then that would be awesome. Okay, Wednesday rant day. It's not really rant day. It's just... Every day is <laughs> rant day. No, I just have had a hard day. But I feel better having now talked to all of you. So I hope you feel good that I shared with you. And hopefully, you know, you know where my heart is. So anyway, there you go. I, I get irritated with injustice. I really do. Um, because injustice, you know, if, if there wasn't injustice, we wouldn't need justice, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It's kind of powerful to have an attorney law firm in the palm of your hand helping you out. And, um, you know, I didn't grow up on the rich side of the track. I grew up on welfare, right? My mom was on welfare and my dad was a deadbeat and didn't provide for us. I was lucky if I got 20 bucks a year from my father, Right. So I appreciate government assistance, obviously, because I grew up on, on it for a long time. But I never grew up with power and understanding that I have rights. And the thing is, is we, with Legal Shield, 
you learn what your rights are, you discover, oh my gosh, you have rights. You know, and one of the testimony, and I'll shut up after this, but one of the testimonies that I read right after I became a member of this, and this still irritates me to this day, it irritates me. Racism is evil and of the devil. And there was this black guy in one of the Legal Shield support groups. He was a, he's an associate. He was going through a turnstile in New York City. He had a backpack on. This is his self-report, by the way. And he shared how he put his coin in to get through the turnstile. And he went through, got his ticket. And some cop, not all cops are good, came over to him and said, Dude, you came through. And, you know, you, you put in a fake coin or whatever it was. He basically lied to the guy. And he said, you know what? Um, you need to come with me. And this black man who, bless his heart, I love black people. Just And I don't even know if that's proper. I'm sorry if it's not. You can call me white, a honky, whatever. I don't care what you call me. I'm just trying to be descriptive because I'm making a point. This black guy actually turns to the cop and he said, you know, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. May I get my phone out of my backpack so I can call my lawyer? And the cop said, you're free to go. Now, I don't know about you, but that black guy who was being harassed by a pair, I'm going to say a white guy because, you know, let's just say it. There's some racism there. If he didn't have his Legal Shield membership, God only knows what crap he would have had to put up with, right? That's the type of crap I don't like. And Christians, we need to take our, the gifts of what we're given here. The guy that founded Legal Shield was a born-again believer, and he got the idea because he was screwed over in a car accident that he was sued for that he didn't actually do, okay? <laughs> True story. Anyway, my point is that if you are given a tool that's affordable, use it to your benefit. You know, don't let people take advantage of you. And if you're like me, a lot of people have tried. And now I can go, hey, you know what? I'm calling my attorney law firm up. And I'm going to talk to them about this issue. And maybe they can help me. Maybe they can't. The point is, I can call them up for 25 bucks a month and not have to be charged by the hour. So just saying. And with with ID Shield as well, you know, it's it's just knowing that my identity is being monitored and all my info is being protected and um I don't freak out if I go, "Oh my gosh, I lost my debit card because, you know, something happened or or I lost my license." Why? Cuz it's being monitored and I'm going to get an alert either way. Anyway, I'm done. <sighs> Anybody want to say anything before I leave? <laughs> Bareface, you you want to say anything? No. No. Randall's like, would you just shut up already? <laughs> You're already seven minutes over time. Okay, I'm done. All right, so with that said, be bold, people. <laughs> Stand up and go with God because uh, he loves you. And we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>